man. Another episode so well, of Part bro. of My Bullshit. Huh? Yeah, I say you do it so well. Yeah, I intro so well. That's what yeah. I do. Man. I'm an intro man. You know what I'm saying? Hey, listen, man. Another episode of Part of My Bullshit podcast. We're still in Songbird Record House and Cafe, man. The legendary, legendary space in Washington, D.C. Uh, once again, man, shout out to Chad for letting us come through and use his space for the for the event. Shout out to Ebony on the on the on the uh, camera. Shout out to my man back there. I didn't even get his name on the. Shout out to my man Ryan on the uh, on the camera and the audio and all that, man. So look, we got another definitely another special episode for y'all. We got a special guest in the building, but I'll definitely let him introduce himself shortly. But right now, man, to my left, I got my young boy. You already know, man. The truth in the building, man. man you ain't even doing it right, man. You, you even say Baltimore in the building, son. Hey, say your you, shit, man. The, the truth in the building, Baltimore, Maryland. You know how I do. Yo, Come on man. now. You know, shout out Sincerely C. Danny, Caitlin, you know, holding it down for us at Atlanta. Um, you know, PNB Podcast. I'm just, I'm, like I said, we grateful to be here. But, you know, I, real quick before we get into it, my man's over to my left right here. You know, just grateful for the day. Grateful for the setup. You know what I mean? We came down here and we just expected to be set up in the middle of the floor. And we got this whole beautiful arrangement right here. And, you know, I've been pushing to get on YouTube. So now I'm like, <laughs> oh, shit, how, do I, how do I put this mic so I can get some face shots and different shit like that? So I definitely the beauty lighting. I brought, so I brought all my equipment. Uh, and <laughs> this nigga FaceTime, it was like, yes, yeah, uh, you don't got to bring none of that. I'm like, no. <laughs> You know, I did, did renovation on my house, so everything is dusty. So I cleaned off my mic stands, cleaned oh, off you the, was, my you mic was doing big work. So that's why I was low key. So I, I hit you with the excuse earlier, but I was running late because I was still trying to pack up. And then he hit me, was like, "Now nah, you good?" I was like, "I bet," because setting up is like the worst thing for me. I hate setting everything. Up, where, you know where? Saying? All right, well, we got a special guest for this episode here today, man. I'll let you go ahead and introduce yourself. Who we got, man? My name is Denzel Oaks. I'm repping for uh, all types of places. I'm repping for Nige. I'm repping for PG. Repping for Texas, shout Apex Village, Kennard Brooks, the whole Aquarium crew, Koontz, Mirage. Yeah, Denzel Oaks in the building, man. Word. Well, well, thank up. you, brother. Thank you for showing up. Hey, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, I appreciate you for coming through, man. Just to give appreciate a little- Appreciate y'all for having me. Hey, yo, no problem. I, so just to give a little background story of how this all happens, man. So for us, you know, we just started the podcast back in 2017, late 2017, like November, just getting things rocking and rolling. And for me, when we get- People that reach out to us, like your publicist, shout out Savannah. Shout out Savannah. Um, shout out Savannah. Shout out Savannah. You gotta shout out everybody, man. We all <laughs> we all included. But when people reach out to us and for the opportunity, that kind of brings everything full circle for us. Because when we started this, our main goal, our mission, you know, and it's funny because Songbird is where we do most of our events, is to bring people together, provide them with a space and opportunity to you know, tell their story, to to brand themselves, to share their story with someone else. So I really appreciate y'all for reaching reaching out to us and just getting things shaking and rolling. But my first kind of thing I want to talk about or bring up is like, you know, you're a musical artist. Could you walk us through the process of creation? Because I know for us, like, one, I'm an accountant by trade. Okay. I am not creative at all. So <laughs> no, my creative, creative process, bro. yeah, well, you you're know, creative, I, I can get creative with the numbers, you exactly. know what I mean? <laughs> but my creative process is so far different from like Geechee's creative process, you know, listening to him and how the different ways he talks about music and just going about things and shit like that and DJing and stuff. And then like, I'm pretty sure getting to you, like both of y'all, like how do you, it, like explain your creative process and and how you start to 
and then produce an, the actual finished product. I'll start with you, then I'll, get I'll go the, quick because I'm not really that big of a creator. But for real, honestly, for me, I get inspired with just life in general. Like even with some of the merchant things that we got coming on, like I saw it in my head because I've seen other things that like help me like put it together. You know what I'm saying? Especially with like the world tour short, even to keep it playing. Like I've seen so many like dope movies and like I listen to like music and like all of that kind of just like draws itself in my head. So when I hear certain phrases, the first thing I think about is like, okay, have I like, what does that make me think of? Like, have I seen a movie that like re reminds me of those words? Have I seen a piece of art that reminds me of those words? And I kind of use that to kind of mold and shape what I want to do with it. Um, you know what I mean? Like, I feel like for me, when I'm working on something, I know when it feels good. I know when it feels right. And like, I'm such a perfectionist. Like I don't, I don't stop until it's, it's right. So even with the cool shit that we do have coming, like I went back and forth with some of the designers and I didn't design it at all, but in my head, I saw what it looked like. So I worked with them to kind of come make it come to real life. But it's because I truly get inspiration from everything I see. Like, you know, I could be listening to a movie. Like, there's some cool shit that I've even been thinking about. Like, some shit that I seen growing up, like watching the All Star Game. I'm like, oh shit! Oh, yeah. Like, we could do some really, really dope with like some of the old All Star jerseys. Just stuff like that. Yeah, I yeah. use that as inspiration to what I want to create in real yeah. life. Yeah. So how about yourself? How's that? What is that creative process like for you? For me, it's not too different. It's not too different. It's you know, the world around you. You you wake up every morning. You see the sun come up. You see the trees blow. You hear the birds. It's you pull from things around. I guess. Before three years ago, when I really started making music, um, I would write raps. Mm. I would write poetry. You know, that's where it starts, poetry. I'll draw pictures. And from 2017, working with the people I started working with, one thing I really noticed, or one thing I've learned, the biggest thing I've learned is any type of art you want to jump in, it's a collaborative process. You know, you need, you need those people around you that can be, you know, like the lightning rods. That, that you push your ideas onto and they throw it back at you as something remix, something completely different. So um, a lot of it definitely comes from my mind, but it's, it's a lot of the people around me. They push me to be, to be who I am right now and to continue doing this because my belief is not to get morbid or no shit like that, but like we just wait until we die, right? What nice are we thanks. doing to them? Yeah, that's real shit. Yeah. And that's what, like one of the dope things about working with someone on our podcast, like Caitlin. She's a real creative. Like, mm -hmm. but me and her have so many like conversations about like art and design. Like, even my dumbass ideas, I'll tell her. She's <laughs> like, "Oh yeah, nah, that's not that bad. Maybe yeah. we could like twist it like this." And like, it's just cool ha having to trust. Yeah. And people and people around you to know that they're gonna push you in the direction that yeah. you should be going. Because sometimes you don't see it in yourself. I'm sure you can talk about songs that you've worked on or like a, a mixtape or album that you worked on where it's like i saw it being this but at the end it turned into this because yeah. of how it shaped with the people around exactly. and getting right. their input. we're molded by those experiences that we go through and that's what like sparks it but if you ask me any masterpiece whether it's music uh, a painting a movie there were other people involved for sure right. there had so, to be other people involved so so when did you start taking yourself seriously as an artist? I would say right then, 2017. 2017. Right. Yeah. Okay. So I guess before we even get into that, man, let's, let's start from the beginning, man. Like, I know you, you said you rep Niger, you rep PG County, Maryland, and you rep uh, Dallas, Texas, man. Let's give yeah. us a little story about your background. Yeah. Um, 
Really born in Houston, Texas. Actually, Houston word. Born in Houston. A Texas. lot of Nigerians in Houston. I ain't know that, man. I recently found that out. We deep, man. You throw yeah. a stone, you'll find one of us. <laughs> word. <laughs> I thought you know, say PG the Mecca. We right here. You know, what I'm saying all yeah. the Nigerians in, in PG Alexandria, Virginia. You know, what I'm yeah, saying I didn't yeah, know there was such a hot pocket yeah, in Houston. Yeah, deep. Um, yeah, born in Houston, Texas. I moved around a lot. Um, moved around a lot. Uh, moved from Houston, Texas to actually North London. Word. Yeah, in Oxford. Lived there for like two years. Moved back to Nigeria and lived there for about six or seven. Mm-hmm. And then so you've been around. You've yeah. been around, around. Okay. See the world, yeah. Yeah, best of, you know, best of both worlds. All credit to my parents, man. They showed me different perspectives. They took me different places, things I would have never seen, you know? Shit. What, uh, out of all the places that you that you lived in, like, where do you call home? And more so, like, where do you see, like, what's your favorite? Where it's, was your it's, favorite it's, place it's hard not to say Nigeria. Nigeria? Uh, it's okay. hard not to say Nigeria, you right. know? Like, that's, I was raised by not just my parents, but my grandmother. You know, she taught me Igbo growing up. She taught me like the native language. She, right. you know, she taught me how to read. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. you know, so it, it's hard not to say Nigeria. That's that's the roots. That's yeah. home. Word. Yeah. That's dope. So when you started putting out music in, in 2017, so could you, I guess, explain to me then at what point, like, explain to me, like, your first show, you know, uh, at what point did you really start thinking, like, all right, like, I can really get somewhere with this. Like, the, you know, fans started hitting you up or people started recognizing you. I took it serious from the beginning, um, but it was a lot of naivete, I guess. Like, I didn't really know what I didn't really know what I wanted the art to be about. You know, it was OK. I knew I could put words together nice and that's it. But, you know made a couple songs and got got through the phase where you're just rapping about shit, you know? And then I start rapping about things that mean something to me or start rapping about my life, whether it's uh, an experience I had with my dad, an experience I had with a woman. And that's what, that's, I think that's when it started really gaining traction. That's when people started really being able to listen to what I was saying and relate to it because that's what you really hope for, right? Mm-hmm. So. I think it was maybe a year in, like a year in, I dropped like maybe three singles, dropped a mixtape. It was called the tree. It was called the Treehouse EP. And um, a lot of people here love it. A lot of people in Nigeria love it. It was it did some things, did some things, but it let me know that okay, this is what I want to do. Whether it's this or any other creative endeavor, I wanna, right. I wanna be able to like put it into the world and let them be able to absorb it. Let them, you know be able to relate to it and you know take it to heart and apply it in their real lives and take whatever lesson they want to take from it. Mm. I was uh, a couple Joe, the Joe Budden podcast is my favorite podcast. I was listening to a couple of Joe Budden podcast. Yeah. It's my shit. Word. Um Joe Budden is favorite rapper. Joe, yeah, Joe's my favorite rapper. Your favorite general. rapper? Yes. Yeah. We gotta get into that. Word. <laughs> Word. Nah, he, See he now go, we can he, gonna, he, gonna, he gonna talk all day about so we that. Shit, on something different, man. But uh, <laughs> right, go ahead, go ahead. um, you know, I was and I say like I got a joke quote from his rap for everything I've been through in my life. Like I would yeah. truly say he's a rapper that shaped and molded and changed me. But anyway, um, I wanted to talk about a couple episodes ago, and I'm sure you heard it where he was talking about how the release day of an album is his most nervous day. Is because you put in so much time into yeah. creating an album and yeah. you think it's one way you think it's going to impact whoever listened to it one way yeah. but it may or may not so i want to talk about when you first put out your first album how much work you put into it and the reception that you got what did you think you were going to hear like all of that Give, tell me tell me back to that place 
I put a lot of work into it, but most of the work was like pre-production and production. Like I was at the point where I didn't know that post-production was an actual thing. Mm. You know, you have to actually get it in front of the people and let them see it. So that was that was the lesson I had to learn from back then. But in terms of uh, dropping a project and wait, wanting that reception to be what you want it to be so bad, and it's not really that, I had to go through that too. You know, absolutely. And you have to you have to sit there and look yourself in the mirror and like, what am I doing wrong? Or maybe I'm not doing anything wrong, and I just have to be patient and diligent and just keep doing this thing that I love so much. And that's what I landed on at the end of the day. I'm glad you hit on that, man, because yeah. we go through it. Yeah, so we, was, we go through it all just, the time, yeah. like especially at the moment we first started the show. You know what I mean? Like yeah. we always t- tell this story about when we first started the show, first episode out the gate, maybe fifty listens. Yeah, and then Which that's is great. And man. then it's like that's like great to us. It was nothing. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> but it's like okay, in your head you set yourself up for yeah. I want a thousand out the gate. Yeah. But then you take a step back and you're humbled. It's like, well, nah. Yeah. Now I got to do the legwork. I, I mean, got you, people... uh, you mentioned the Joe Budden podcast. They started from recording on a phone. I uh, footage being blurry as yep. hell. And then look where they Joe at. Joe and now. a wife beater. Yep. <laughs> it's like you, you still you got have, a wife beater. Sometime. You have to start somewhere. You have to enjoy the process. Yeah. And I think yeah. as an artist, I'm sure you can speak to that as well. It's like yeah. in 2017 where you started, you're a completely different artist than you are now in 2020. Yes. But just talk about like that process, the growing process. And also one thing I wanted to ask you, because you've seen London, you've seen Nigeria, you've seen the South in, um, in, in Texas, and you've seen here, how does that play into your music? What are some of the influences that you draw from? Yeah. I listened to your last EP, and we'll get into that um, okay. shortly, but I just definitely want to talk about just your influences. Where do you draw from? Who do you look for for inspiration? Who do I look for for inspiration? It's a lot of, um, I can mention artists for days. I can yeah. mention artists for days. but. The environment, yeah, and I already said that, but I guess I should mention. Artists, <laughs> yeah, right? no, I should. Speak your uh, truth, man. I, your man, your man. Before this, mentioned Tame Impala. I love Tame Impala. Uh-huh. Anything uh-huh. Tame Impala is a go for me. Uh, Kendrick Lamar, obviously. Yeah. Knock all his albums out the park. They're all ten out of tens to me. Mm. J Cole cannot be overlooked. Jay Z. Jay Z might be the biggest one, but. In terms, in terms of uh, rapping and just coming up, how I decided to like structure my bars yeah. and structure my words, I think Jay Z and probably Lil Wayne. What about the sound though? Like the the sound is definitely a mix, as you might have heard already. There's there's a little bit of Afrobeats twang thrown yeah. in there, and every now and then, and that that's really the that's really the part where I have to give props to the people around me, because when you're a lyricist, when you're a vocalist, you can, sometimes you can't really hear past your own voice, Mm. you know? And you might feel like you know what you want this to be sonically, but you need certain people around, because I'm not classically trained to play anything. I'm not, you know, but you need people around there who are, who, you know, love you and want the best for you and understand what your vision is going to be and are going to sit there and be like, no, let's put this, drum here let's put this you know let's go into a guitar riff you know so do you do you record your verses first and then a, a line into a beat or i, I is can't that process kind of better any structured way it ever Word. goes down we could be in the room and somebody starts freestyling nonsense about cool pants <laughs> <laughs> you know? or or we could be in the room and somebody just starts tapping on an npc you know 
Right, right. Now that's so all. I, 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 um, on the way over here, I was listening to. I think it's called Candles. That's the joint with the Afro beats, uh, beat to it, right? Yes, yes. From my that joint is dope. That joint is super dope. So I wanted to ask and get a little bit more into that. You know what I mean? You know, obviously you're Nigerian, so we know where the Afro beats, yeah. you know, situation comes from. But yeah. I guess you, as developing an artist, have you always been in the Afro beat lane? Is that something that you're picking up now? No. I know it's getting real. It's hot. <laughs> right, you know right, what I'm saying? Right, I know right, Afro beats right. are super hot right now. I know you, you lived in London. That's, that's a big that's, thing that's out there. That's kind of crazy. I yeah. was like, even when I went to school in Nigeria, I was a kid who like, they played all the Afro beats at the parties. They played like... Like Fela and all, I mean, all the older... Well, yeah, Fela is a lot older. Yeah, the older... You know? So they didn't really play that mm. in the, at the parties. It would be like, you know... Oh, when, your parties that you would go to. I thought yeah, it was like yeah, parents' yeah. parties. Okay. Even the parents' parties wouldn't play Fela. Fela was like when... Like the old heads want to sit down and like smoke yeah. some weed and run. <laughs> you know, no, but Fela is a go. Anything Fela is amazing. Mm-hmm. He had, he was basically playing live bands with orchestras. Like, but you know, they, they would at the parties they would play like your Terry G's, your David O's, your mm-hmm. your Whiz Kids. Mm-hmm. You know, the the mainstream guys and. Going to school there, I would be the kid who wanted to listen to Tupac. Like, <laughs> like I loved it. I would dance to it. I would dance to it, and you, that that part of you doesn't really it's it's ingrained in you. You know, you you're growing up in a household where there my parents were mixing some of that Afro beats with Sade and Michael Jackson. Mm. You know, so you do get the best of both worlds. But being honest, I did always lean more to the western music where i was okay but you you, you that afro beat can't you, can't, you can't take it out yeah. you know it's there yeah i would say shit sort of similar to him growing up man it was michael jackson was heavily entrenched in me from an early age you and know i wanted to be michael jackson. yeah like like my mom you know she used to always tell me stories about going to his concerts and being front row and kissing michael jackson this that and the third so i'm growing up i'm watching all his concert tapes you know, I'm I'm yeah. doing thriller. I'm learning the dance moves and all of that. I didn't even get into rap until my brother bought he brought um the black album Get Rich or Die and Trying. But then the first album he fucking introduced me to was the motherfucking United States of Atlanta. That's hilarious, bro. <laughs> the fucking Yin Yang twins, bro. And that joint was kinda not like good or whatever. But I just remember like, damn, like that was the first CD I really like popped in and listened to. And then from there I was a big um uh big thomas fan okay. you know you had right. them the cash money millionaires i thought yeah. all right when i grow up i'm about to have a bling bling you <laughs> yeah. know what i mean stuff like that so it's just it's just cool to, to the see the limousine with the spinner rim exactly the chrysler yeah the pt cruiser <laughs> niggas was talking about gators and the you know the alligator seats with the head in the inside like i, I thought that shit was just i thought that would all come natural you know yeah. but it, it was just cool living through that you know yeah. growing up and shit yeah. like that too yeah, yeah. Well, that's real I also want to talk about your time in London. You know what I mean? I, I was out in London a couple of years ago, and the music scene out there is crazy. Crazy. Um, you know, the grime scene is super, super dope, crazy. Crazy. super aggressive. I love it. You know what I'm saying? Crazy. In Brooklyn now, they're having their own grime scene. Yeah. So I guess I want to talk about, like, do you have any inspirations from out of Europe that you are drawn from or you plan to draw from? Because listening through your last EP, I didn't hear too much of, like, the Euro in you, yeah. but I'm interested to see if that's something there's that you dabbled in. I'm not going to lie. There's not a lot of Euro in there. Yeah, like yeah. I did live in London, but it was like I was a kid. I was six years old. Oh, okay, it was okay, two okay. Years. Wait, wait. Like one thing I did pick up like heavy from from living in England was soccer. Like I'm a lifelong soccer fan. I played soccer. I thought I was gonna be a lot of things growing up. I thought I was gonna be Michael Jackson. I thought I was <laughs> yeah, gonna grow nah, up and be like Lionel Messi. That's hilarious. I thought I was gonna yeah. 
thought I was going to get a scholarship to go play soccer or something, but no, that's not. But in terms of uh, the, the the musical inspiration, not a lot, mm-hmm. not a lot. I do I do love it though. I love yeah. the grind. Like Travis Scott just dropped a song with M.I.A. <laughs> a lot of people hate what she did on it, but like that chippy chippy. Chip, that's you know that's yeah. that's the scene. That's, that's, the that's yep. what they love okay. out there. Like I love it too, but uh, it wouldn't be it wouldn't be authentic if 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 I did it. Got you. You know Word. that that's part of that's that self aware shit too. Word. Know what your lane is and st- yeah. kind of staying in it. Yeah. So so I guess talk about that right like. You know, we we always talk about staying in our lane, right, and 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 being consistent. But at some time, as an artist, you do see what's working, right, for other people. Yeah, and you do have those pressures. How do you stay in your lane, right? Because there, there, there's a, you know, there's money, and then there's how you want your work to be. Mm, and hard. at the end of the day, you can only make, you know, work as much as people are going to pay you because that, you know, it's not going to be cost beneficial to you. So how do you make sure you give the people what they want, but also make sure that your work is authentic? I I think you just got to look in the mirror. I think you just, Mm -hmm. you you can't, I mean, you can't sit there and watch Beyonce do a, a a really long run in her lower register thinking you're going to go copy that. If you can, then do it course if that's what you're into do it but that's something i'm still that's something i'm still you know battling myself you know because you know we in a we're in a really fast-paced era we're in a tiktok era we're in cancel culture yeah, cancel <laughs> culture that you know fads come and go so i mean it's hard not to see i, I mean i'm not gonna lie if i'm on the first track on the eps I, I just put out that was that was a single i released okay and it was a certain way. The beat was amazing. The beat was amazing for it. That's the, in my the, in my bag. In my bag. Yeah, yeah. But come time to you know put the rest of the project together and put the whole thing out, you know I sat down with two of my guys and I'm like maybe that that third verse at the end just has to be different. It has to go hard. And we sat down and we end up remaking the the beat for the third verse into a grime beat. Mm. Grime is in right now, mm-hmm. so I mean, Word. I didn't. I guess I, I kind of did it my way, you know. I didn't change the bars to fit how people rap on grime beats now, but I did use some of those elements. So I guess it's kind of you can do whatever. You just gotta bring it into your world, you know. It's kind of like it's kind of like Tarantino, you know. Tarantino. A lot of people feel like Tarantino steals from a bunch of places, but I don't think it's stealing per se. I think he's you know, he—if you've seen Kill, you see, all seen Kill Bill. Mm-hmm. You know, the yellow jumpsuit. He took that from what is it, Kurosawa? Mm-hmm. Made it his. There's nothing nobody can tell you after that. Right. If Word. you bring it into your world, I think, I think that's all you can really do. For sure. Shit, and that's—I mean—that's something Geechee always tells me about the podcast, man. Or pretty much whatever we do, just make sure that whatever we touch, whatever we put our hands on, whatever we put out, is ours. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, and, and that, honestly. Most of the time, costs you money, right? Yeah. It, it costs you opportunities because everybody, once they see you rocking and rolling and having some type of success, they want to come in. They want to have their opinions. They want to have their input. They want to interject. And it's like, well, I hear you, but this is this is our purpose. This is what we want it to be. And well, sorry, yeah, like, yeah, right. next type shit. 
I want to get into your uh, the EP, man. So tell us the name. Let's talk about some of the tracks on there. Uh, the name of the EP is Zell. Yeah, it's, it's just a nickname. The homies call me Zell. Like, Zell, what's up? So nothing I thought too hard about <laughs> because, I mean, I mean, full disclosure, this EP wasn't really supposed to, I wasn't supposed to lead off with this EP. Mm. You know, coming off 2019, as bad as 2020 has been, 2019 was a rough year for a lot of people too. Right. I think 2020 just kind of dwarfed it, so we forget. But yeah, you know, niggas was going through depression in 2019. Niggas was, was in, a, in, a, in a bad state. Mm -hmm. And the music was reflecting that. It's, this is music that hasn't been released also. So the music was really reflecting that. And um, coming closer to the end of this year when it dropped, uh, what did it drop, September? Coming closer to September, I was kind of like, let me, let, me, let me make something that makes me feel happy. You know, because if you listen to the project, it's not that. It's not depressing. It's, it's upbeat. A lot of the song, pretty much every song is upbeat. So, you know, my decision was really just to make something that still expresses what I'm going through, still expresses some of the experiences I've had in my life, as is, is I talk about on the EP, but not make it so, you know, dreary, not make it so, so you come out of the project thinking, damn. And that, that was really the thought process behind the album. That's where it came from. So I really like locked in with, with the homies and we came up with five tracks that were that really represented that. Yeah, yeah no, I was gonna say listen to it. It's definitely more upbeat. It's definitely a joint that you can just cruise to. It ain't something that like you walk away feeling heavy. I, I and I favorited my two standout joints. It was um Candles and Zoo. I think those are like my two favorite joints. Those on are there. my favorite too. Yeah, those yeah. those are fire. I fuck with those. And I Thank like the you. way that you sequence that right back to back. You kind of keep that it's complete. It sounds completely different. Different, yeah. But, but the, the vibe still the carries through. Stay, yeah, yeah, absolutely, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. So even when I was listening through, I was like, okay, yeah, now this ain't this ain't what I thought it was gonna be. Yeah. For some reason, I thought it was just gonna be a little bit more heavier, especially because we're in twenty twenty. It's been a heavy year. Yeah. But it's dope to play five tracks where it's like, oh shit, I could I could walk away kind of forgetting what all the problems exist, and I can yeah, get my little Afrobeat on. I get like exhale, my little man. yeah, I get my exhale, little uh, my little girl love song on on that joint. So yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I, I fuck with it. I fuck with yeah, it for that, sure. That's definitely a key too, man. Like like just being able to exhale, right? Being able to escape reality because that's what I go to music for. You know, yeah. I I know. Look, I I listen to you know Benny the Butcher and yeah. Jay Z and niggas <laughs> like that or whatever. But at the end of the day, like you. No matter what they're talking about, you can still get lost in the music. You yeah. can still spit some bars or whatever. Yeah. You don't always have to live within yourself. You know, my girl, she listens to Janae Iko all day. And I'm like, bro, you toxic. Like, <laughs> that, that's, that's all you listening to? Like, yeah. like you're going to hate me after yeah, like a couple bullshit. months. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because you got to limit your Janae. Bro, that's it. That's all she listened to. And, yeah. and all Janae want to do is is talk about what, you know, what she did bad and how she got back at the nigga and this, that, and that. And I'm like, bro, like... That's like me listening to future. The, the sick shit is, is, like she just seems so happy in real life, bro. Yeah, that's, oh, my, yeah. that's like, my thing. Oh, yeah. She looks she, seems so happy. It's, ball of sunshine. It's bro. sadistic, bro, because she be sitting there, I be on her she IG. All straight lies. Bro, she be she be eating like sushi, yeah, talking she, about chakras, the looking duality. mad chill. And then in real life, like she talking about, oh, fuck that nigga. <laughs> oh, you know, I'm yeah. like, damn. So, nah, yeah, that, that's definitely good, man. All right, that's, that's dope. Yeah, dope. One, thing, one thing I want to ask, and I asked uh, my last the artist that was up here listening through the ep what is something that you want people to take away about you you know what i'm saying whether it's a couple lines or a couple sentences about what the album is about and then what they, what yeah. should they leave with once they listen to all five um 
I have a I have a little bit of everything on there. I think I have the you know I'm that nigga. Don't fuck with me on there. You better talk your shit. That's the intro. Like, joke. Yeah, you gotta have that on there. Yeah. You have the you also have the you know the part of it that says okay I'm a person you know I make mistakes I'm fucked up too. That toxic shit. Right. There's yeah. toxic shit on there. Yeah. You know there's uh it, it's 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 there it's there those 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 are really the two main things I want people to take away. So that that you that you that nobody can fuck with you. Yes, and, and that you toxic. Yes. <laughs> all right, all right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's a win in twenty twenty, bro. No, 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 no. I'm, Say that. I, I got yeah. you. Nobody yeah. can fuck with me, and and I'm human. That's okay. good. Yeah, that's yeah. good. Yeah. That's, that's yeah. a good way to put it. Yeah. How long did it take you to uh, put this one together? This was pretty short. This was yeah, because it's just five tracks. It wasn't too much going on. Like writing it was like that. Mm -hmm. Writing it was like that. Um. It's it's really the production of it that took a while. It took maybe like four or five months. Okay. Four or five months in total. You work with the same production team or same production team. Yeah. On the on the it's it's uh it's my boy Kennard Brooks produced the whole thing. He was the overarching producer, but mm -hmm. the composers on each track I got uh Big Minds. Big Minds is like a it's like a they're they're a duo. Okay. They make beats, they're a duo. Um Cherry Beats. Uh, my boy Doz from from Nigeria. Um, Which one he produced? He produced. Uh, he produced uh, the last the track, Distraction. Okay. Distraction. Okay, Distraction. He produced the last track. Uh, Izzy Lemons. Izzy Lemons is a really cool. Izzy Lemons is he's he's based out of PG too. He's like a really cool bass player. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. So those are really the guys who did all of it, and it wasn't. It was it was super collaborative, like I was saying right. before. You know, it was a thing of where it was no. I love that it was no ego involved. You know, Big Minds could start a beat and Izzy could come play guitars over top of it. You know, it's not a thing of I had to make this beat. It's not a thing of I had to write this whole right. song. You got you the know? Kanye mindset of of production, have where to. everybody does a little bit and have you to. can't have an ego working. Have to. I think yeah. if you make an album, you should make an album the same way people make movies. You know, right. on a movie, there's never never one person making a whole movie. It's a, it's a writer's room. Yeah. yeah, it's a writer's room. It's a even the cinematography, there's a there's a director of photography, but cinematography is almost done by committee. You know, it's there's there's still a gaffer, there's still there's still a you know, there's a whole crew. Right. And that's how it should be in music. That's that's I think that's how you get the best product. Right. So let me ask you something. COVID nineteen right now, how are you surviving as an artist? Like like how how are you still reaching fans? How do you make sure you're the people that follow you are still tapped into you? Because I know you can't do like live shows or yeah. too much that's shit like that. Yeah, that's a good question. It's, a, it's, a, it's a bunch of Instagram lives yeah. and a bunch of Instagram posts and social media this and social media that. And it's, it's, it's kind of rough for me in particular because I'm not that kind of person. Right. I don't, like I, I, I post mm -hmm. and I guess Savannah will tell you I'm contractually obligated to post. <laughs> but, <laughs> but yeah, I, I, I post. I try to get the people involved, you know, find out, you know, how they're feeling about it. Because even when you going into whatever I make next, I do have to take the fans into account, even right. though it's my story, it's, it's my perspective. But you always have to take the fans into account. So finding out what they love, finding out what they like. Um, Trying to stay active with reaching them, and to, on the, on the business side is where it's more rough. That other stuff is easy. Absolutely, we yeah, tell people that, that on podcasts. Or people want to record podcasts all the time. It's like, yo, talking is the easy part. Yeah. It's yeah. everything that comes with yeah. it. It yeah, makes it makes it hard. 
you you gotta going back to the Joe Budden podcast, right? They had to do it for so long for free. Yeah. Before they got to a point where where the listenership is the listenership was so constant that I can take that to whoever wants to give me money for it and I know my worth. Right. Absolutely. You know, like, yeah. you gotta collect the data before you try yeah. chasing the money for it. And that's that's the key. That's the barrier of entry for a lot of podcasts. I mean, even for us, like I think the best thing that we've been able to do is be consistent, you know, yeah. because just using Joe Budden as an example, even like Joe Rogan, you know, yeah. they have years, years and free, years a free and years concept, a free and, also, and also their past careers yeah. Yeah. worth of yeah. work, right? That they're pulling into this where, yeah. look, listen, ain't nobody know me. They didn't have a leg up. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. So ain't nobody know me before PNB podcast. Joe like there Rogan's wasn't no, example. you know what I mean? There, There is yeah. no album, you know, you can go back to and be like, oh, the truth was spitting. That's how I connected with them. You connected with me sitting in this yeah. seat in front of this microphone. Right. And, and I think that's that's the difficult thing for a person coming up in any, in any industry, podcast, music, whatever, like, the grind has to be so consistent because guess For what? Because sure. you, you guys are like, you guys are like the new radio. Yeah. You, know, like you guys are kind of taking over radio. And look, I don't listen to Big Sean, but Big Sean did say it took him 10 years to become an overnight success. Mm. Yeah. So that's that's the mindset you got to go into it with because at the end of the day, yeah. look, that's fact. these industries are going to blow up and you have to put yourself in line, in space, so when that opportunity comes knocking and somebody want to pay uh, a couple million dollars for 300, 400 episodes of PNB Podcast, I'm going to look at Geechee and I'm be like, look, we got ourselves a deal, motherfucker. Like, <laughs> how are we going to work this? And let's yeah. negotiate. You know what yeah. I mean? It's the same thing with right. you. Like, yeah. the work is there. Make sure you have it. And then when the opportunity comes knocking, you're well, ready. You're ready. now you're there. You already or, did. Or you work yourself into a position where yep. you don't need the next man now. You, don't, you don't need that parent sign. company. Right. You know? Real. Yeah, I wanted real. to ask you. I know you know they got the EP still bubbling, but where what's next? You know what I mean. I know we talked about COVID and how you've pivoted through that and done all trying to stay active as much on social media. Yeah. But once we can actually get back outside, what's next? What are the, some of your first plans that um, you uh, that you want to do? Trying to get some shows done. Trying to get some shows done. But um, I guess there's there's a, there's there's an album on the way. Obviously, I'm trying to get some shows done. But I guess the reason I'm back here. It's not just for this, but also for a short film, a right. short film that I'm okay. helping shoot. Um, you said you're, that you're helping shoot? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I'm going to be in c control of like principal photography on it. Mm. Uh, really excited about it. That's dope. Yeah. How long is the, how long y'all be recording for? Uh, we have two days of shooting for Monday and Tuesday. So today and tomorrow is really just uh, camera tests and stuff like that and prep with the actors. When can we look for that? Hopefully January. Hopefully okay. January. Hopefully, if we can get through post production all all through right, next yeah. month, man. What's up? I need a sneak peek, bro. What's the What's the joint about, man? So it's uh. Tell us what you can. You know what I'm <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I ain't want to dig. Tell us what you can. You know what I was poking yeah, at. Yeah, yeah. So it, it's called Retreat, and it's it's about a. It's basically a play on the saying of you know you keep doing the same thing over and over again. What you must be insane, right? Yeah. So there's this girl and. She's basically the architect of her own demise or the architect of her own fate. And she keeps going through these doors and ending up in the exact same place. So it's up to her to make a decision to change her life now. Log line. That's dope. That's yeah. it. 
Sound like some Black Mirror shit, man. Fucking so what's, what's, that, what's that joke? Shutter Island and shit. <laughs> <laughs> Love I just Island. seen Tenet. Love I seen Tenet uh, a couple of weeks ago. Oh, yeah. so, honestly, that was probably one of the worst movies I've seen in my life, bro. <laughs> Tenet? Yeah, son. Really? That joke's horrible. It's horrible. Like it was way too long. I would never thought I would hear anybody say that about I, a Christopher Nolan movie. That joke was horrible to me, bro. Like Damn. it was the first hour was cool, Damn. but then after after two hours, two and a half hours, like fam, we gonna wrap this I up. I love everybody involved in that project. I haven't too. seen it, man, but bro. it was. And I Christopher know, Nolan don't fail, but for me, Tenet was it was it wasn't. That I know it was trash because while he was watching it, he was like, "Yo, Tenet," and I was like, "What?" He was like, "Yo, don't go see it." Uh, <laughs> while he was watching, yeah, I was bro. like, Yo. "I could have watched that joke at the house, bro." <laughs> <laughs> there was bro. like a there was like a huge uh, play on time in that, right? Yeah, yeah. So he, like, he does that a lot. Maybe he needs to stop. Yeah, it, and it was like extreme. It was like Inception esque. It extreme, bro. <laughs> it was extreme. It was like, but it's, Inception was cool though. Yeah. Like I, I like bro, Inception. This joint was like reverse time and forward time at the same time, and then like, so I can't even explain. It was it, too much. It, it, it was, was too, too much going. In. It was too much to watch in a the movie theater. Like if I was at home, like yeah. I may be able to like hang with it, but I'm in a theater for three hours watching. The same thing happened ten different times, right? And I'm seeing bullets coming out of glass. It was yeah. it was extreme, bro. It was extreme. Yeah, <laughs> I definitely would not go see this. But without it's on my that, list. It's on my list. Yeah, man. Don't get no inspirations from it, bro. Because <laughs> <laughs> I support your shit, but I'm not supporting it. Like I, I promise you, I'm keeping one hundred. So I'm not watching it. <laughs> no, I respect it. Word. <laughs> so shit. Before we get up out of here, man, I definitely wanted to uh, leave the floor open for you to talk about any last thing you want to talk about. You know, what I'm saying. Well, let the people know what they need to, you know what I'm saying, look forward to you. I know you got the movie, you got, you said you're recording the album. Yeah. But what's some something else that they could uh, um, take I mean, away from this? I think we've talked a lot about me so far. Um, I just want to say NSARS, man. Word. NSARS. It's a lot of bullshit going Absolutely. on. Absolutely. Right yeah, yeah, NSARS. Yeah. There's, there's a lot of police officers. And this is not, this, this is, this didn't just start, obviously. Right. You know? Right. Like they're going through the same things we're going through here, but worse. I, mean, I saw some footage the other day of a guy. They had him like wrapped up in some kind of like, it wasn't like a tree, but it seemed like it was like some sort of like bamboo that they had like wrapped his body through, and it was just beating the shit out of him. I'm like, fam, yeah. this is absolutely yeah. insane. Yeah, it, it's it's crazy. Cause like, there's it's a lot of they use poverty as yeah. a tactic yeah. to control the people everywhere. You know? It's you. You have a lot of you have a lot of rural villages where people have to walk so far just for water, right. and mm -hmm. people have to do the most for 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 food, right? And so you have a government where election time comes around, and they use food and water as a bargaining tool as for they, votes. For votes, yeah. you know, and it's crazy because when when the COVID nineteen relief kind of started in Nigeria, there was a certain amount of budget that was attributed to putting food in on the streets and putting food in these bellies there's warehouses and warehouses full of food i saw they i saw they, they broke into one it's like a huge sign imagine it. fedex field imagine full it. of food full bro. of food yeah that the government was just keeping why yeah. so that the next election they can just use that they don't have to put any campaign money towards buying this food now you That's know sick, man. That's sick. and people are dying sick. and I don't know. I've I've had to deal with SARS myself. Luckily, I it, it wasn't as bad of an experience as some of these guys are are, are going through. I didn't right. die. I'm here, obviously, but it was traumatic. Yeah, it was traumatic. 
Imagine somebody pointing a gun at your head and telling you, I'm going to waste you right here. And there's nothing that can be done about yeah. it. Because really, there is nothing that can be done about it. Right. You know? They have, they're, the prisons don't keep, they don't keep record of who's in the prisons. They don't, they just lock people up and there's no hearing. There's no trial, nothing. You're there. You're, you're, yeah, you're, so, you're, you're yeah. lost. And, you lost. And SARS, man. Yeah, and I, know we, I know we say black lives matter here in the United States, but black lives matter everywhere. Bro. All that's over the fact, world. Bro. All over the world. We're seen the same way all over the world. That's Hell a fact. Yeah. That's a fact. Imperialism has controlled the world beyond our, our beliefs. One thing that I, um, I like to see, though, is the fact that the youth in all of these places have yeah. decided that enough is enough. And if I'm going to die, I'm going to die fighting. And, it, and it's amazing to see yeah. the young people in Nigeria really in this movement. I saw an interview with an older woman, um, and she basically was saying, like, my generation is scared. Mm -hmm. And if you're scared, stay home and shut the hell up. But let the young people get this out. Let them protest. Yeah. Let them burn. Let them fight. Because who else do we have? If we couldn't do it, they have the opportunity to. So let's get out their way and allow them to do what they do. And I feel like that's Most the definitely. same thing that's going on here. Most you know, a, a lot of people are scared. A lot of people have been, you know, quiet. Yeah. And I feel like enough is enough. And we've reached a breaking point. And, and I feel like reality, I feel like COVID has allowed it. it it's kind of wild. Like, even when we think about like here in America, like with the Black Lives Matter bubbling over. If we was at work, if everybody was employed and doing their thing, the George Floyd death would have meant absolutely nothing. It would have uh -huh. been on TV for 30 days, or yeah. I mean 30, 30 seconds, yeah. another black man dead. But because everybody was at home, we were forced to watch, to watch it on it. TV. Yes. Over and over and Same over. Same thing with SARS. Everybody is home. I can't even imagine how the unemployment rate in Nigeria is probably through it's the crazy. roof. It's crazy. They have no choice but to face this shit. You know it's what I mean? And I feel like, yes, a lot of people have died through COVID, but it's allowed the world to kind of like slow all the way down and made everybody take an uh, examination of what the fuck is going yeah. around. And I want to I I just say, shout FK Abudu, shout Feminist Coalition. These are some guys who have been uh, taking, uh, they, they've raised a lot of money to help get people out of jail yeah. and to send a lot of money to some of the families who have, that have kids that have been killed by SARS. And they're accounting for every single penny spent. You know, they're they're accounting for for food being provided for protesters on the streets. They're accounting for money being sent to some of these families of the bereaved people. And the government is basically like seizing their accounts. Wow. So so this is a government that won't help people and they're telling and people are trying to help themselves and they're stopping those means of them helping themselves. That's crazy. Yeah. What can what can we do here in America? Like, what are some organizations that we could look up? Is there any like resources that people could tap into? Any good Instagram pages to follow? Anything feminist like that? Co uh, feminist coalition. Okay. Feminist coalition. We'll definitely put that in the, uh, yeah. the bio. Yeah. 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 No Please doubt. donate if you can. Word, word. Sure. So you know how we end the episode, bro. Vibe of the day. You know. Vibe of the day. Yeah. Give us give us a uh, give us a track that you want us to play at the end of this joint. Um. Play that zoo, man. Zoo, that's my shit. Play zoo. zoo. All right. Me, my brother, Zilla Oaks, Psycho YP. Yeah. Word. Who, right. who produced that one? That was produced by, so, Cherry Beats. Yeah, it was mainly just Cherry Beats. Word. Nobody else did anything on that one. Hope I'm not wrong. 
<laughs> I'm sure they'll let you know. Yeah, you know yeah, they'll, they'll let you know when they hit sure this day. They lay off my man's back if you forgot. <laughs> yeah. Well, listen, brother. I appreciate you for coming through. I know, uh, you know, you were here in town for the next couple of days, so definitely, you know, what I'm saying, soak definitely. DC up. I know. When was the last time you've been back out here? Uh, last month. Oh, you last like, okay, okay. Yeah. Word, word, I moved word. back to I moved back to Dallas in February. I've been here almost once every month. Since. Okay. Yeah. Word. Word. Well, thank definitely word. thank you for pulling up. Thank you to Savannah for reaching out. Thank you for pulling up as well. Yes. I had a good time. Good episode, man. We're going to ride out with uh, one more time, man. What song? Denzel Oaks, Zoo, featuring Psycho YP and Zilla Oaks. Word. PNB Podcast, The Truth. We out of here. Yes, sir. Sir. Down in the jungle, be ready to rumble and don't ever fumble. I got a chopper, it's finna go off cause that bitch never mumble, it keep niggas humble. Run through the jungle, I Rambo, shot like a mando, I'm going off with the ammo. Might just turn to an animal, finna go campo, lip bitch, holly and flamble. Misfit Tetris, stacking up a can of two, dick stack bamboo. I've been on the mantle, I'm way too high. Got owls in the trap, boy, I'm way too fly. I'm out of your sight, I'm out of your mind. Got big me dragging up, I just added up too much stamina, stamina, stamina. I just run it up, we gon' gas it up, too much cannabis, cannabis, cannabis. They can't handle us, white, they ended us, they can't stand with us, stand with us, stand with us. You gang bandits, that's my standard. I'll be like, like welcome to the zoo. Got these snakes and anacondas up on you. What you gon' do? I tell them shoot. I spend a hundred on them, I refuse. Raising them down, they can shoot. I told them, clearly, if I fuck up a lead, who should've been down? So I should've shoot. Now the click back, sell it like slip back. Why does that need looking like a tic tac? You niggas can't talk money, you don't get that. I'ma sell the oak stairs, it'll stretch that. But it's step back. If you call to the nigga, that's a death man. Can't be called to the nigga, I don't get that. So I'ma pop my shit. We said welcome to the zoo. Lions, tigers, bears, and anacondas running up on you. If you got an issue with us, we could go gorillas too. Get my feet up out the mud and make these niggas kiss my boots. I'm a star if you ain't noticed. Guess that's why these hocus pocus hating jokers wanna shoot. Oh, I'm twisted, way too twisted. Can't you tell just by my roots? Michael J and tell my homie Cherry to unleash the flutes. Too exquisite for these bitches. I might need some new recruits. Like, Oh, yeah, oh, yeah. I just might take it a shorty. My bad, I didn't mean shorty. I met this a lady. I'm way too progressive. Don't label me crazy. I'm all about money. Don't take it like that. Step in the jungle, it's not going back. You better watch for the snakes in the grass. Cause I heard from the monkeys, they stab in the back. Have you coughing and wheezing like asthma attack? I be coughing and wheezing because of this gas. How the fuck do I breathe through all of this chief and the chief that I am? I just always tell the truth to these women. You just politic with hoes on the gram. My conglomerate go harder than hard. Let these motherfuckers know who I am. To the zoo, lions, tigers, bears, and anacondas running up on you. If you got an issue with us, we could go gorillas too. Get my feet up out the mud and make these niggas kiss my boots. I'm a star if you ain't noticed, ho. Welcome to the zoo, lions, tigers, bears, and anacondas running up on you. If you got an issue with it, you could go gorillas too. Get my feet up out the mud, make these niggas kiss my boots. I'm a star if you ain't noticed, ho. Thank you.